Hello, hello. Welcome back to PS We Have No Plan. I'm Peyton Smith calling in from LA. Welcome everybody. And this is Emily McManus calling in from Nashville. Um, we have a really exciting episode today. Yes, we do. Right? We I'm actually do. really pumped about it. Me too. Me too. Wait, first of all, are you drinking yeah. anything fun? I feel like we always shout out our drinks. No, today I'm drinking water. I we it, love water. I need it. Absolutely. <laughs> you got to stay hydrated. Um, I haven't, I normally drink tons and tons and tons of water and today I just haven't. So catching up on that right now, but I'll probably have Celsius later. You drink Celsius so late in the day. It's wild. Does it not impact you at all? Like you can no. go to sleep. Yeah. Wow. I know. I know. Wow. 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 I know. Coffee, drinking... the same thing. Coffee, same thing. Mm-hmm. <gasps> oh. And I wish, I wish it wasn't that way because I know it's not probably very good for you to have that stuff later in the day, but between three and five, I kind of get into that lull where I could settle into the evening really easily. So I need something to help me go and it it picks me right back up, but then I'm kind of okay by eight thirty nine. Well, I mean, whatever works, I feel like it's on, un- it's quote unquote unhealthy. Cause it's like it, it impacts your sleep or it can. So if it doesn't, who cares? Exactly. I am loving poppy recently. I think I've shouted this out a few times, but the rose flavored poppy, I've been making a mocktail at night and I do half a can of poppy cause it's a prebiotic soda. So it kind of can fuck with my stomach, but half of that, a little magnesium, um, dark cherry juice and oh my gosh. I know. And it's just like this concoction and it looks like wine. So it sort of gives me that same feeling. I put it in a wine glass and it's just a kind of healthy alternative. Can we post that recipe on our (laughs) story? No, truly. That sounds so good. Yes. Okay. Okay. I follow this like witchy fun TikToker and she always makes cool concoctions and that's one of her concoctions. So I'll shout her out too on our on our Insta. Yes, please. Speaking of witchy, I was down at my dad's this weekend and he, oh. he looked, it's so, I know it was so nice. I wish I could be there just so much more. I love him so much. Um, but he lives on the coast of South Carolina, like in the marsh. And there's a lot of like ancient voodoo back there and witch oh, doctors. Really? Yeah. And I just love it. I eat it all up. And there's a rumor that this one guy named Doc Buzzard lives on his <laughs> island. And I know it's just, it's just incredible. I love it. It's and amazing. one thing is like, you know, that you've got a hex put on you from the Gullah people. If you find a chicken bone tied to your car's mirror. What? So scary. <laughs> So if you ever have a chicken bone on your mirror, watch out and go S-O-S. get some potion. Yes. <laughs> go get a remedy. <laughs> That's amazing. How long has he lived there for? He's been there for probably eight or 10 years. A while. Yeah. He's been Ugh. there a while. And Sounds it's fun. Just, it's so fun. It's so fun. It's, you know, back on the marsh and it's <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> We're going to get into such a fun episode. I can't wait. We're talking all things Daisy Jones. And I think the reason, I want to hear your reason to why this is interesting for you and a fun episode to talk about or a fun um, thing to talk about. Mm -hmm. But for me, I feel like it sparked such an inspiration in me and like reminded me of all these different interests and loves and passions and made me feel something in a really fun way. Um, So yeah, that's why I thought it could be fun to talk about. But what about you? No, I feel the same way. I seeing Daisy's just like burning love for music and how she was just kind of 
completely blinded by anything else and nothing was going to stop her, that it like opened a fire inside of me again and just made me so excited. And I think a lot like you and I'm like, Oh, like, let's go. Yes. Yes. Right? And even if, even if you guys haven't listened or watched Daisy Jones or read the book, you're still going to get something from this episode. Cause we're going to bring in anecdotes for our own lives yeah. and like share a little bit about, we'll go on tangents basically as we go through the episodes, but um, maybe as a quick background, we can touch on the book slash the TV show. Have you read the book or just watched the TV show? I've just watched the show. So that was what I was going to say. Maybe you can call out the differences. I know like one or two from just from what I've been reading, but I think that you'll be really good at kind of just informing us. Well, what's cool is Taylor Jenkins Reid, who wrote the book, also helped helped slash I think even wrote the screenplay. So she was a part of both projects, which I think is so fun. But the book is written in a form of an oral history of a 1970s rock band. So I think a lot of it was inspired by Fleetwood Mac, just from analysis of, of what people think. And it really does feel like you're reading a movie script. It's back and forth interview style. So it really, it was sort of like a perfect book to TV show or book to movie adaptation because it's already read like that. Yeah, that's so interesting. Like having a book that you're you're watching and or you're reading in real life, but then all of a all of a sudden it shoots back yeah. to the past in the interview style. Is that yeah. how it goes in the book too? Yes, exactly oh, how it goes. It. It's so fun. It. So that's why the TV show is so cool and it's a short series with 10 episodes and it's mm-hmm. like a documentary. So this is why I thought it was yeah. so fun because it reads like a movie script. So I loved it. And it watches like a documentary, which is probably why you in part enjoy it because you love your documentaries. Yes. And then it's, I mean, entangled with music in the seventies, which right. we both, which just we like, both love. I yeah. know. I know. Yeah. It's like the perfect concoction for us, like mix it all together. And I feel like it's everything that we love. And it's just so, so interesting from I mean, every freaking aspect, everything that I learned from it from, you know, Laurel Canyon, where they lived. And then, you know, that kind of took me back to this documentary that I watched, which was was called Sounds in the Canyon. I believe that's called, but I Hmm. will confirm that. It is so good. And it's all about, you know, in the 60s and 70s, all the singers and songwriters that lived in Laurel Canyon and just the vibe and the scene out there. And it was so amazing. And from the documentary, it looks exactly like that on Daisy Jones. Like they did an amazing job matching the the years. Totally. And it was fun facts. Luke and I are looking for houses in Laurel Canyon because we absolutely love that area. And then what's fun is the book. It takes place in Topanga, okay. which is such a hippie town. It's so fun. They have their own festival. They have like jazz bars. It's really cool. Everyone's a character who lives there. And we're also looking for houses there, but it's a little outside of L.A., Um, but it's just such a cool area. Like you said, it's just wrought with history and it's cool and vibey and I don't know the best energy. It is. And I love places like that, that they preserve just like the cool history, you know? Yes. Yes. It's just not overtaken with like here in, in town, there's tall and skinny houses taking over all the cute little bungalows. And you just don't see that in Laurel Canyon, I think. I know. I know. It's really awesome. I I think the other cool part of this book, the last sort of cue up is book slash TV show, is that Taylor Jenkins Reid wrote a whole album. 
Unreal. Not only did she write a book, a screenplay, and you know, she also wrote an album. And so, and Aurora is an amazing album, but they oh outsourced gosh, yes. incredible writers, right? Like Phoebe Bridgers and one of the Mumford brothers from Mumford and Sons. And yeah. you know, like just incredible writers to be a part of the project too. But I love the album. I was listening to it on my walk. Oh my gosh, I love it too. And I mean, that trifecta reminds me of you. You love writing books, you love writing screenplays, and you love writing music. I mean, you are the next, what's her name? Taylor Jenkins? Taylor Jenkins Reed. Taylor Jenkins Reed. Out there. Put it out there. Peyton Smith is on your heels. I mean, but right? That's everything that you do. And it's not doing that after chasing this show or book. Like you've always done that. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I know. So it's pretty, she is definitely one of those icons that I'd love to get in a room with and just pick her brain and see how she did it. So you will, you will. Well, uh, you I guess, what? yeah, I guess that kind of, should we move on to episode one then? Let's do it. There's 10 okay. episodes. So there's tons to get into, but let's there jump is in tons. But the first episode was called come and get it. And they, and a lot of it was kind of like filling us in on the backstory of everybody. I mean, starting from the absolute beginning, mm-hmm. um, it follows this one, these two brothers, essentially, Graham and Billy Dunn. They live in Pittsburgh and they have a band and they want to make it big and they're doing everything that they can. They're raised by a single mom. Um, and eventually they kind of build their band and they start going and then fast forward or kind of flip scenes over to California and you follow this girl named Daisy Jones. Uh, Later, you find out that her real name is Margaret. She was raised by a pretty uh, successful man and a beautiful woman, but the beautiful woman ends up being uh, pretty jealous of Daisy just because she kind of took the spotlight away from her. So as Daisy was growing up, she felt this just burning desire to prove her mom wrong and just almost say like, fuck you and go for it. Right. hundred, a hundred percent. I think it's so interesting. Vulture article did a whole deep dive, which I know you sent me that article, but it had this amazing quote where it said our childhood shaped the rest of our lives. And yet they often feel like pure preparation for the future. So it is just this weird time to go back to the beginning of any story. And I feel like they did it such a good job, like starting ground zero with their lives, both Daisy and the brothers and everyone has a start. And I I just think it's so cool that this, you and I being so starry eyed and interested in the entertainment industry, like seeing a story start at the beginning and just resonating with those characters in some capacity was so cool for me. I loved that. Oh, it was perfect. And you're so right. And you can see those, that thread of the beginning of their lives go through the whole storyline from episode one through 10. And it's kind of magical to see how that happens. But I also really loved in this first episode, you could immediately take away just how well they put the characters together from how they sounded in their dialect to what they wore. And like you, you felt them, you felt like they were, they were those people. Billy was himself. And I think his real name is Sam, but I mean, you believe that these people are Daisy Jones and the six and they're rock stars from the seventies. And I absolutely just loved that. And it was, I think it was encouraging to see just how, how do I want to say it, but like how talented some people are to really show something and get it across authentically. Yes. Does that, does that make sense? 
Yes, it does. It does. I also think it's interesting because it's a documentary, right? Mm-hmm. Like the, the the whole thing is they're being interviewed 20 years in the future and they're being interviewed about their lives and their fame that went that went so quick and then went away so quick. And so it's interesting that the flashbacks are all from their perspective of how life went, right? So it's interesting to see like like what memories basically come back to them, yeah, right? Yeah. Because that's that's something I deal with. And I think a lot of us deal with it. It's like certain memories stick out much brighter in the past. And that becomes so encompassing of what we remember from the past. I, another quote from the, the Vulture article, there's a zillion unknowable little things that happen throughout life that shape a person, but it's these moments in time that you hold on to that we go back to when we tell a story. And I thought that was kind of cool, which moments stuck out to each character. That's so cool. That's so cool. And like you said, Daisy's was kind of her childhood with her mom. And from my perspective, I think the time, the the moment that Billy and the band decided to go like balls to the wall and go for it was when they were playing that gig and their absent father showed up and he had never been in their life. Like he was a, um, a drunk and never around and he showed up there and he didn't say anything to the boys. He just ignored Billy and Graham. And in I don't that think scene, he even recognized them. I don't know. Oh, really? Even, that's what I took from it. I didn't even think that he recognized <sighs> them because he had been such a distant dad. I don't know though. Continue. Oh no, I don't know. You, I feel like that could very well be it. But Graham, the younger brother just said, just decided not to say anything, let it go. Cause you know, he doesn't want anything to even do with it, but Billy. And I think that this is part of his energy. He's, he doesn't let things go and he goes like all the way and he's going to make it a point. He went up to his dad and just said, do you remember me? And it, it didn't go well. So <laughs> Billy punched him out. And then from that moment, it kind of gave him this just he's not going back anywhere. And he promised the whole band, like, we're going to be the biggest band in the world one day. Like, you watch me. Yeah, that showed to me his Daisy and him. Like, yes. if, you know how him and Daisy are kindred spirits. That's the whole point of the, yeah. the show in some ways. That was the first sign where he was chaotic inside that you could tell he just had this rumbling he couldn't control like Graham is so centered and whole and like calm and it's so, it's true. so wild you see the difference there and you're like oh yeah. there's Billy <laughs> they I love that so much too because I feel like that's so normal in family siblings yes. can be so different and Graham and Billy couldn't be more different oh completely and and Daisy Daisy too I love that they they show her as this naive, young kind of, she was talented, but really she was just this baby who was overlooked. Like she was just this child who was completely overlooked and dimmed. And it, she had all the access to the things and got to sneak into the fun clubs and was gorgeous yeah. and all the things, but she just didn't have someone telling her it's okay to shine your light. Like you sh- go shine. So it's, they obviously both had different starts, but I sort of love that. Exactly. It was the meant to be, you know, and the way that they came together, we'll get into that a little bit further down the line. But oh, a yeah, couple yeah. more things, though, from episode one, Please. we do meet uh, Camilla, who ends up being Billy's wife in the future. She she was at one of their shows, and I feel like she was the photographer, or she was trying to like you know she was taking pictures of the band. And I mean, she's gorgeous, so of course he fell in love with her, and eventually she moves with them to California. 
Yes. Against her parents' wishes. <laughs> yes, exactly. But what I love about her is like she did have her own creative passion. She was a photographer. She was such a brilliant mind. She was more yeah. than just like his beautiful wife, which I loved throughout the whole show. They made her a real whole person. Like she didn't just follow the band. She was wanting to pursue her own dreams and break free from her own family. Right. Which oh, it was gosh, like, yes. that. I liked that. They didn't just make her like a groupie. But I think they did it so softly. Like she mm-hmm. never, she never got elevated or like she was not one to go like be the crazy wife wondering what they were doing on the road. She just stood her ground. She knew who she was and what she wanted. And you're right. She was so confident in what she wanted. And I found that so beautiful. So beautiful. She was wonderful. In episode one, like, especially she's this innocent, yeah. light, wonderful person with a dream as well. And, and she almost fuels the passion for the band when they were all feeling down. Yeah. She's like, we got this. Don't worry. We got that. Like she was always that Absolutely. light. She was, she encouraged them. And she also another character that is brought into this um, in episode one is Karen. She was a, the piano player for the band that the Dunn brothers opened for in their first showcase in California. Um, and Camilla kind of like puts a little bug in her ear about possibly joining the band later, but we'll get to that. But once again, that's a, a, an example of Camilla bringing everybody together. She might not be in the band, but she's definitely a part of it. Oh yeah. She's the main reason they're there. Like, I don't think Billy would have gotten there. I don't think any of them would have gotten where they were without her. And that Karen is the key to, which we later find out to this like massive success of this band, which she found her in this, in this episode. Right. So then, so then episode two, it's a lot happens. (laughs) It's like, it's like the rise and fall of this band. Right. It's like, at the time they're the Dunn brothers band done yeah so much happens so much happens when you take it back to the beginning there's this guy named Teddy in California that they are just in they just admire him so much he's a record producer and they really wanted to meet him and one night the guys were out picking up some beers and they saw Teddy run into a convenience store and they kind of just forced, not forced their way, but they were like, please let us send you some music. Please let us send you some music. And I think reluctantly Teddy said yes. And he became surprised by how good it was. And, and I believe then, so that was when the Dunn brothers went on the road first time, right? With their first album. Yes. And then that was quickly canceled because Billy went off the rails. Yes, exactly. So this and was pre Daisy. So pre-Daisy, he was um, an alcoholic. They were on the road for their first album. And then they just thought that they were going to be be dropped because everything ended right then and there. And I loved the scene where Camilla, so they got they get married, Camilla and Billy, before he goes on the road. And then she's pregnant. And when she shows up and she finds out that he's cheating. And I remember the book was super, super powerful. So I was a little worried about the show. I was like, are they going to bring make this woman as powerful as she was. And they did, they did a pretty good job, but I, I feel like she could have even done it more. Like this was such an impactful scene for me to read. Like it wasn't her being a weak willed woman, just wanting to stay with someone because she was afraid of what happened if their love was separated or she didn't want to lose her husband. Not at all. Right. It was a woman that was like, you're better than this. This is gross. I'm not going to stand for this. Right. Get out what you need to get out on the road and come home and clean yourself up. It was empowering. Oh, I couldn't agree with you more. So empowering. And I, 
I don't know if I would have the strength or energy or desire to do that. You know, no, and exactly. I'm not saying, right? I mean, that's just, that's taking on a lot. And that's saying like, okay, I'm in this. And so if it happens again, do you stay in it again? Or, I mean, I think all those things you can just take as they come, but she, I, she just showed her strength in such an exquisite light in that scene. And it was just, it was phenomenal. Cause I used to think cheating is cheating and it's done. And that's where a relationship ends. There's mm-hmm. no if, ands or buts there's it's black and white. And I feel like they did a good job of showing a relationship where the love was there. The, they both respected one another. It was just like a, he is dealing with alcoholism and, and he is, he can't control himself around this thing. And, um, yeah, I just thought it was a good depiction of this merit. It, it wasn't just as it, it's complex. Life is complex. Things are complex yeah. relationships and love and all it's very complex. And I thought that was a good portrayal of that. It absolutely is. And I was the same way when I was younger. It's like, if something like that happens, if I'm cheated on or anybody steps out, that's it. I'm gone. I'm leaving. Like no questions asked at all. But as you get older, I do think you realize that there is so much more involved in a relationship, especially a marriage that you can, if you know the person's heart, maybe there's reasons to stay and work on it. And I think it's absolutely different for everybody, but I've definitely gotten into that mindset or understanding more as I've gotten older. When I, when I used to see that happen, like when I was a kid or on movies or whatever, I would always be like, why is she going back to him? Like, what is going on? Like, she deserves better than this. But as you get older, you realize, no, it is complex. There is a lot going on. They have a kid too. I mean, they came from Pittsburgh together. She's He's her only family there. And it's it was just such a good, I don't know if lesson is the right word, but it was a truth moment. For sure. For sure. I will say like boundaries are such an interesting thing with a marriage where you say that's okay. And you forgive something that pushes the boundary further. Mm -hmm. And then the second you say, yep, that's okay. It pushes the boundary further. And slowly over time, if you allow certain things to be forgiven, I've seen firsthand from a lot of different family members, friends, boundaries go away completely. And then there is just anything it goes. And so I think there's, it's a tricky line. Like you said, you really have to know someone's heart and trust your gut with these things. And I saw Camilla and Billy through that, right? Like, I feel like they both trusted Billy, like Billy trusted Billy and Camilla trusted Billy to get his shit together. And he did. I don't, what, what else happened in episode two was, uh, we met Simone who was Daisy's friend. She was like a disco singer. Yeah, super cool. So cool. Oh my so gosh. talented. So talented. I mean, an incredible, incredible singer. So they built up this friendship and eventually Daisy moves in with her. And I think that is an episode two. Um, and they truly just become family and best friends throughout everything. And and it's a only... fun friendship, though. It's a fun oh, friendship yeah. because of because of the race relations that were happening also at the time. And like Simone was a black woman and had immense talent, probably arguably the same as Daisy, but because she was a black woman and you later find out was also like sexually ambiguous. I I think 
potentially lesbian, maybe bisexual, but was not straight. She had all these things against working against her in, right. in the world she was living in. So it was, it was an interest and Daisy had everything working for her. She was beautiful and white and straight and rich and like everything working for her and Simone had everything working against her, but they were this dynamic duo in a really, really cool way. Oh, perfectly said such a cool way. Yeah. And I just, the the show wouldn't have been the same without her. She's an amazing character. Amazing. Amazing. And that relationship to me was such an important relationship in the whole, in the whole film, just through like how they relied on each other and supported each other from that sisterhood. And, and even the time away, like in a couple in episodes in the future and how they get back together and support each other and also push each other when the other one doesn't want it. And I think that shows that it's such a, an important quality and friends and family to know when to push. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, Daisy's a little bit of a spoiled brat with Simone. Like I felt like Simone <laughs> deserved so much better than Daisy, but, oh. but Simone had this quality about her where she wanted for whatever reason, she, she saw this thing in Daisy. And I think everyone did where they're like wanting to protect her, yes. heal her, forgive her, push her further. It's an interesting thing. She's, she can sort of do no wrong, which is probably why she went off the handle so many, so many times. Absolutely. Yeah. They, she had nobody telling her no. And if they did tell her no, when she fought back, they were like, okay, I mean, right? I guess that's Daisy. Yeah. Right. And right. She was just so confident in the way that she acted and lived her life that she seemed in control. She seemed so in control of her out of controlness. <laughs> Absolutely. I, and I want to, I, some, this is a slight tangent, but in my screenplay, I'm writing, it's called the luckiest penny. I, the, there's a line in there from Penny, this girl who has a shine in a different way than Daisy, but the shine that you can't really describe, but you can see in a person type thing. And I want to read this one line from this grandma, um, her best friend who's named Fran. And she's this pink haired grandma that lives next door to, to date or to Penny. And she says, everyone wants their mama's approval, baby, everyone, but none of us get it, but not all of us get it. And you, you've got this thing that you can see, but you can't describe. You've got that shine that's impossible to ignore. But I think that type of star, that type of shine looks too bright to people who live in the dark all the time. So it's this, and that's that's so good. (laughs) I mean, I kind of messed up reading it. Um, Who cares? But, but it's, it's this idea that I actually got inspired from Daisy where she's this light that people are like people who live in the dark and are just too afraid to see that bright of a human there, they, they can't recognize her shine. And so she finally found the people that recognized her shine, but it came at all these different costs. But anyways, it reminded me of that. Oh, that's I'm so glad you shared that. I, it was, that was beautiful. I can't wait to read it. Oh my gosh. I can't wait to send it to and you. I one just day. love the name Penny. I know. So, me so, too. So, and that just plays so well into the seventies era, in my opinion. Totally, totally adorable, adorable. Okay, episode okay, so three. Else? Episode three. Okay, yes, we're on to episode three. Um, Billy's still in rehab, or he, he gets, gets, he gets out. out. Re- he gets out of rehab. Okay, and he meets his daughter for the first time. Yes. So I, this is one of my favorite episodes because I think this was when he was scared and it showed his fear for the first time. And I think that's a really real feeling that, especially people with addictions have where they're like, ah, do I, how do I operate 
yeah. in, a, in yeah. society and not feel this way. And that was such a powerful scene where he couldn't hold his daughter at first. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And it, but as time went on and he became stronger, he eventually did. And he became the best dad ever. And he was, you, you could see it in so many scenes. Like he ended up not ever putting her down. He was the one that wanted to always hold her and rock her to sleep. And then he started singing to her. And it was just, for me, I love a daddy daughter relationship. It melts my heart, immediately makes me cry. And so just to see him soften for her was oh, everything. But I will say who was, who got him there? Camilla, like he would yeah. not have picked that child up. Yeah. Had Camilla not one forgiven him two gotten him to rehab three told him, pick up your fucking daughter. Don't sit there and feel sorry for yourself. Pick up your daughter. And that was another moment where Camilla, I was like, <laughs> clap, clap, clap. Yep. Yeah, you are a voice so of reason. Right. Like it, it's, He's a lost man throughout the whole TV series. Mm-hmm. And and it's when he when he went too far away from Camilla, which happens in the later episodes, you can see he just is like implodes. She mm-hmm. is this guiding light for him. Absolutely. Absolutely. Everything that you're saying and dissecting is opening kind of my eyes up to things and avenues that I maybe didn't take on when I was watching it. And I love it because it's helping me see all of this in a, a deeper perspective. Totally. Well, I mean, I'm so overanalyzing of TV shows and movies, but I think I that's, love it. that's why I love when people are like, oh, Daisy Jones, it was fine. It was a fine show. I, I, I'm like, I don't know. Like art and music and movies and TV shows, if you can learn something from it and take something from it, and apply it to your life and to life in general. I think that's so cool. Oh, I I agree. And then you're just kind of at the end of the day, just this culmination of all these little bits of art put together and you're this mosaic, this beautiful mosaic of everything that you watch and listen to and eat and smell. And I mean, you're just such a perfect example of that. I mean, you are as well. I feel like we, yeah, that's all any of us are. So that's why I think it's, um, I think it's so cool. It's interesting. It's so cool. Yes. And like, th- and this only like fired us up more to be like that, didn't it? Just feeling that the burn inside of all of these characters, because then, so then Billy comes home, like he's home, he's out of rehab and he pretty much tells the band that he's done. Like he doesn't want to do this anymore. He's got to stay home. He's sober. He needs to focus on Camilla and his baby. And he even kind of bounces around the idea of moving back to Pittsburgh. But once again, Camilla shuts it down. It's an interesting thing too. Like, I think that speaks to what all of us feel. And I, I don't know if you feel this way, but I constantly feel this way where it's like, choose a simple life. Don't put yourself in situations like dreaming big is fun. I get it. Choose a simple life, go get a house and find joy in the everyday and Da, 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 da. And I think that's what Billy, that's what happens right before you hit this big success mountain. And I think that's what was happening in Billy in that moment where he's like, let's go back home. I'm done. Like, this is scary. I, it pushes me too much. I, I'm, I'm fearful of who I'm becoming when I have this. Yeah. And Camilla's like, fuck you. No, we're yeah, staying. I just, I decided to move here too. That's what she yes. said. She goes, I didn't just come here to follow you. I had my own plans too, and I moved out here for myself. So I'm staying. And I, I loved that so much. And you're totally right. Just, I I think it's, it's all fear-based when you want to go back. You're like, okay, maybe I need to settle into not settle, but 
change directions. I'm thinking too much. And I, I was listening to the radio with my dad the other day. And I, I mentioned this to you. There was this professor at New York university. His name was Scott Galloway. Oh yeah. Yeah. And he brought up some, one of the things that he teaches his students is to find what you're good at and learn to love it versus following your passion. And I 100% am against that. I, when you said that, (laughs) when you said that to me, I was, I was against it. I was against that notion. And I thought you were saying that, that it inspired me. Oh my gosh. No, no. funny. I I was like, wait, I don't agree. I don't think. (laughs) No, no. I loved it because it's like, yeah. Wait a second. I, I, I totally disagree with you. You're a professor. Okay. You should have your opinions. And they were talking about the highest earning jobs and the lowest earning jobs and music was in the lowest 10. So my dad and I laughed at that, but I was like, I disagree completely as well. Yes. You're forcing yourself then down a path yeah. that is not just inside of you that you want. And yes, you can learn to like anything, right? Yeah. You yeah. can learn to like it. But then I think you're going through the motions and a life filled with passion is rewarding. For sure. And that's, that's day, that's Daisy's mentality. And this episode, you see that right where you're, where she comes and she forces Teddy to listen to her or he comes and listens and he comes infatuated with her. And then he's like, write me an album. She writes him an album. Is that this episode? Yeah, I think it is. He, 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 she played him one song and he liked it, but he said, well, you need 10 more and they need to all be better than this. Yeah. And, and I think she said, all right, I'll be back in a week. So yeah. she, she's like, obviously this overly confident girl, yes. but yes, but she really can do it. And she did right. it. And, and she, she did brought it. the, yes, yes. And it was just like, okay. I mean, it was, it was beautiful. And then she, and then she gets with the Dunn brothers and mm-hmm. sings honeycomb, mm-hmm. which is which Billy was against. Right. And then he heard her sing and her vocals and they sang together. And it was this moment where it was like fireworks went off and he was like, I hate this woman so much. Like he, he came away from it. So angry. Remember he was like, what a nightmare of a day. And she came home to Simone and was like, what a beautiful day. The best day of my life. Yes. And it's interesting because love and hate is so close. It's like they were on opposite oh, so sides well of the said. same line. Like they were walking the same line. Just one was on one side, one was on the other. But the passion. Absolute. The oh. passion was there. Well, and I think it's a, a lot of the reason why he didn't love singing it with her too is like, so that was the song that he played again for his the band, like all of his friends to get back into the band. You're and right. it was- it was about Camilla. So it was like this love song kind of redemption, I believe. Mm-hmm. But Teddy's like, this isn't, this is good. And the melody's beautiful and everything, but it can be better. It needs more edge. It needs people, like people need to be attracted to it. So he brought in Daisy to almost fix the song, yep. rewrite some parts. And, and it was better. It was so much better. <laughs> they started with her taking over his spot and almost fixing his creation. Yeah. Or adding to it. Like, I think that was like the, it's like they both, they needed both parts Mm -hmm. of it. They needed the foundation that Billy created and they needed her to kind of improve and shine it. And like, that was the, to me, this next episode, that's how it ended. Episode three, episode four to me is where the show really started. Like that, like the beginning was sort of the intro, the context setting episode four when the band performs for the first time, they are performing live, they skyrocket in fame. Remember, like they're all partying oh. and it's life. And it's like, 
we've made it. That was yes. such a cool oh. feeling. It was such a cool feeling. And I, I loved like when that all first started, Daisy was waitressing at the diner. Yes. Right. And somebody played the song on the jukebox or she heard it on the radio. I think it was the jukebox. Yeah. And immediately she's yep. like, oh, it's happening. And she walked out and quit right then and there. And oh, I was I like, chills. I do too. That moment. That's the moment that you just dream of. You dream yes. of. And then all and like, you, you know, you see people bop into it and, you, and you're like, is this real? Like that I can't even song. fathom what that must feel like. I, I can't no. even like that is such a, an amazing feeling. And it's called I Saw the Light, which I also love. That's the episode title. So it's all about like they made it. The light is there and they yes. found they found the success. And what happens though? What happens? Daisy joins the band mm-hmm. and then Oh, there's still that big division because Band's on the party bus and Billy's on the sober bus. So they're all having a good time. He's kind of just like, oh, wait, wait, wait. That's the next. I think that's the next episode. This is is when they performed just one. Remember, they performed just that one festival and then they separated ways. Right. So they're not on tour yet. They're not Daisy Jones in the six. Oh, you're right. The festival. They're at the festival. Yeah. Yeah. And then Billy's like, peace. See you later. And Daisy's like, what the hell? (laughs) No, and I'm coming right back on the stage. Yes. And, and then I she think- like breaks into her parents' house, remember? Oh, yes. And she gets arrested. She she like cuts her hand. And yep. I I think then do they become like they understand each other more or is that the next episode? Next episode. This one next is episode. all broken, like sad, mm-hmm. angsty, like fuck you, fuck you type of thing. And it. then they have the party at the house, remember? And Camilla yes. was like, Daisy's coming. I'm inviting yes. her. And then the lights go out and they sang, ooh, la, la, you know, the- <laughs> and they sing that yes, song. And she like, oh my gosh. Yes. A good- I totally forgot about that. Yeah. You remember that scene? And it's, I think the line is, and the, the lyric is, I wish that I knew what I know now when I was younger. Oh. Right. Ooh, la, la. Mm. I love that song. It was so but good. It's- and they started singing together. That was the moment where I think Camilla maybe first got a little feeling that there was something between Daisy and Billy. I could be wrong, but that was what I was feeling because they, they were singing together like really loud, right? Daisy joined in on harmony. She like, it was just like really powerful. She forced Billy to get up there though. Camilla was like, go up there, go up there, go up there. And so then when she saw them perform together, you're right. She was like, shit, this is a thing, but she always loved Billy's success. To me, Camilla was like, this is power, but oh, she had yeah. fear around it. Like she it was, she wasn't like a jealous wife standing there, kind of angry. She was like, no, right, taking it in, like whoa, whoa, my, this is something. She always saw the potential in the band. Yeah, and she just saw how Daisy would take them to the next level. Yeah, right. So to me, she was like less concerned about her relationship and more, more nervous about what this meant. Like I think it's like the fear of success in that in that moment. Totally. Totally. Very well said. I love that. Okay. But now episode five, like you're saying, so she finally joins the band. They go on tour, right? Yep. Um, Graham kind of professed his love to Karen. Like you. Oh, I love them. I did too. But she, she, you know, brushed him off, said she wasn't interested. But then later on, Graham goes to the beach with a date and Karen does tag along. And it was just kind of like that moment where she's like, oh, fuck, I I messed up. I do like Graham. And then they make out and they become a thing. They're and so it was, cute. I 
Oh my gosh. I love them together. I love them. He's just like this puppy dog love with her. And she's just this hot, amazing woman. That's just so cool. Oh yeah. I mean, when you're British, you can do no wrong, but she does no wrong times too. And it is just such a good relationship. And I was so happy when that happened. I (laughs) really, really was, you know, you just like, you just root for them so much. And then that's the episode where they write the songs together, though. Like you were mentioning, they break into yep. Teddy's house. They write songs together. And Daisy has this amazing line where she's like, we don't have to be friends, but if we want to write songs together, we can't be strangers. And I love that line because I feel that way about this podcast and my life. And I know you feel the same, too, about vulnerability. Like vulnerability is art. It, it yeah. you, you need it to tell stories, to be artistic, to be creative. You have to be vulnerable and connect with yourself and share that with the world. You don't, but the audience doesn't have to like it. And the person reading it, receiving it doesn't have to like it. That's not what it's about. It's about vulnerability. So I thought that was a cool, I say cool too much. That was an amazing line. I say like too much. And I (laughs) I realize it when I listen back to these episodes. So I'm going to stop saying that. I'm going to try, but you're so right. It was just And to realize or to hear somebody say out loud, we don't have to be friends, but we have to know each other. That's really eye-opening because in my mind, you know, if I, if, well, if I know somebody and I don't want to be friends with them, then I'm not going to have anything to do with them as much as I can. But then they were in this situation where they can't get a part of each other. This is a band and the band is successful now. And they have other people, you know, depending on them for their livelihood and and to keep the success growing and that they were able to kind of like see that and agree on it. It it was, it was really cool. It was, it was a powerful moment. And then Billy later in the evening, Daisy's getting drunk, um, says something to Daisy and says, you're broken. You're a broken yes. person. I forget what the exact line was. And that was a foreshadow for what comes in the last episode. But that really struck a chord with her because I think okay. that is her largest, her biggest fear because her mom tried to break her. And so I think that was her biggest fear in life was to to be seen as broken. Absolutely. And, and she lives her life in a way that nothing kind of impacts her or penetrates her. She takes all these drugs. She was out as a young girl all the time with older men and getting into clubs. And somehow she always gets into these situations that would be dangerous, I think, by anybody else's means, but they don't, they don't hurt her. She's not fragile in that sense. She's but not as, fragile. Yeah. Yes. But, but at the same a, time, it, ex, it is extremely fragile. Oh, she, like, she's crippling. Self-hatred. Yeah. yeah. It's a Absolutely. weird- Absolutely. She's like a broken mirror. Like you just see the pieces about to shatter, but somehow like her fur, fur coat just keeps her in all together. Mm-hmm. She's like a glass. She's a glass person. She's not broken, I no. wouldn't say, but she's a glass person. So no. anything could break her. And you see every single thing that's inside of her. Yes. Yes, totally. It's Ooh, oh, glass person. Look glass at us. Person. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. And then what happens? Then it's, um, oh, then sparks fly. Then sparks fly. And I think Billy really feels like, I think Vulture said this, uh, this quote that he sees an alternative. He doesn't see an alternative to Camilla and Daisy, but he sees an alternative to himself. And Daisy is this vision of this recklessness that he 
cannot unleash in himself. Mm-hmm. So it's this, it, it, it fuels that part of him. Yeah. And it's just that, 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 uh, the beast inside, soul, right? The beast, yeah, the beast like, Noel said. He's like, nope, I can't do that. But like, I'm yeah. attracted to that because it's in me. It's it's sort of heartbreaking if you think about it because he still deeply loves Camilla. You can see that. I know. And it's, you know, when you think about this as we're talking about it and you, if you listen to us talking and you haven't watched the, the series or read the book, I think you would immediately say, oh, Billy's a slime ball. Like, I don't I like know. him. How could he be doing this? But he's, I mean, I, my heart still loves him and I feel for him because he, he truly does. He loves Camilla and he wants to make it work yet. He cannot stand this just gravitational pull to Daisy. And it starts because of the music and in the, um, confrontation, but it's, they're two lost broken souls. I don't, I don't see, I don't know. I don't see either of them as broken, I guess, but I see, him as a dichotomy like he exists and this push and pull constantly and she's just a free spirit that just lives life with no boundaries yeah which makes them implode you know well he's constantly conflicted he's constantly conflicted right and he has such a different life than she does like yes she's unattached she's out there partying left and right she is a rock star and people are in love with her and people are in love with him too but he has a wife at home. He has kids. He's not drinking or taking drugs. So their perspective of their current situation is very different. Right? Exactly. Exactly. And then it's what happens next? Camilla finds Billy talking with Daisy, writing late at night, and Camilla's never is no longer the first person to hear his songs. Um, yeah. so I think that's a you see the first time that their marriage after a rehab is yeah. tumultuous. Totally. And I, and she, she kind of makes a decision for herself one night that, you know, he's been out working these late hours. I'm home all the time with the baby. Mm-hmm. I'm going to treat myself. I'm going out tonight. You know, she doesn't tell him where she's going, what she's doing. She doesn't seem angry about it or anything. She goes, no, I'm just going to go out. She looked gorgeous. Gorgeous. Oh my God. Gorgeous. I love that outfit. When she walked I mean, out, I was like, look at your wife, Billy. Look, and she is going to have a fun night. And with- I thought it was with, oh, she was by herself, right? She was she by was, herself. Yep. Okay, you're right. You're right. Her she intention to, was to go by herself. Exactly. And she was just sitting at a bar, had a drink. And then all yes. of a sudden, Eddie, the bass player, they lock eyes and they're like, oh, hi. And I think at that moment, she was a little like, shit, somebody saw me here. Cause she, <laughs> right? Didn't you get that feeling? Oh, cause she was crying. Remember? Yes. She was crying and she was embarrassed. And yeah, but then he, you see, oh my God, Eddie is in love with Camilla. Yes. Yes. And um I loved that by the way. I think she needed that. I think she needed the that feeling that she's oh. wanted. And I think that's a really powerful thing to feel when you have yeah. a low moment. Especially when you're the one that's always giving the support and desire to the other person. Yes. And you feel like maybe you're just kind of like you said, she's no longer the one listening to his songs first. And yeah. that was a huge thing to her. And it was a big part of the relationship. So now she just feels like she's been thrown to the back seat a bit. And so then all of a sudden seeing Eddie out of the blue, he gives her, you know, just this comfort and love. And it just, it strikes a chord with her and it's everything she needs at that time. And I think it was genuine from him. Oh, for sure. I mean, first of all, she's gorgeous, but like we said, she's this light. She's this, this, this fueling source, but even people who are that light need to refuel and need to feel 
you know, given that energy back. Um, so do you think that they had sex or no? Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. I'm like, yes, they leave it on a cliffhanger and she just comes home and she's sort of like, Hey, yes, <laughs> I think she yes. definitely did. I just feel like clues yeah. at the end definitely lead to that. But in that moment when I was watching, I said, absolutely. They did. <laughs> yes, most definitely. <laughs> and then, and then Daisy, oh, then Simone has this cool moment where she moves yes. to New York. She says, fuck the sleaze balls because she's been overlooked and used in gross ways and abused and really just kind of Taking walked all over. Of. Yeah. Taking advantage of, walked all over for her talent because she's a black woman. Falls in lust with this woman named Bailey? Bill- I think it's Billy. Maybe? No. Bernie. 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 Yes. And follows her to New York City and then performs at this queer bar. And it's like this amazing moment where she's like, oh, my God, I found my stage. I found my people. I found my thing. And so anyways, go Simone. We love you. Go Simone. Yes, it was. Oh, she's so fantastic. And just that whole scene, the New York disco time. Yes. It was so amazing. And then what is Daisy? Daisy runs away so, to freaking Greece. Daisy's like, peace. Yes. Well, okay. But doesn't that happen because the guy from uh, wh- whatever the newspaper is? Oh, Rolling Stone. He was going to write an article about them in Rolling Stone. And he came up to Daisy and asked like what his relation, her relationship was with Billy. And he told her that Billy said it's just... It's a working relationship. We have to make it work. And that really pissed her off. So she divulged a little too much to the reporter talking about how Billy wasn't there for his daughter, wasn't there when she was born, blah, 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 blah. And that pissed him off. So then he he went ham on Daisy. And the article was pretty, pretty crazy. And it impacted her so much that then she moved to Greece, right? You're right. You're I right. Think that's the order. Yep. That is the order. Okay. That is the order. I'm forgetting. We're kind of maybe molding some of these episodes together, but that's the, <laughs> that's the story. Yeah. And all of it kind of like goes in between as the episodes come. Totally. So it's hard sometimes to like figure out when that was happening, but we're in the same spot. She's in yeah. Greece. Yep. She's in Greece. We're in the same spot. And then to me, the Greece scene was so important. Like I think that spoke to Simone's unwavering support of Daisy. So she, she, calls Simone out of the blue and is like, I'm getting married. Can you come to Greece? And no, no, she got a letter. She got a letter. She got a letter. And the letter just said, I need you. Yeah. I think of something like that was very vague, very, very vague. And so Simone thought, oh my gosh, is she in jail? What is happening? Like I need to get there ASAP. So she goes with Bernie and then she shows up. I mean, she's really nervous and sure what's happening. And then Daisy's just like this free spirit. So happy saying I'm getting married. Someone's like, what the fuck? I thought you were dying or something. This is the moment where I remember being really pissed with Daisy. Cause I was Same. like, you are a privileged fucking spoiled brat like this is this is the moment where you have to recognize like you have this endless amount of wealth and things and doing whatever and this this status in life because of the way you look and your skin color and you are completely overlooking the stress and the anxiety that Simone has to go through and the fear you're putting her through right when she has a life and a job and things that challenges she's trying to endure and she drops everything for you. It's just yeah. a frustrating she takes a, feeling. Oh yeah, she takes advantage of that so much that yeah. she 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 just doesn't realize that Simone would be there no matter what. But I think she and does. I think she does, and she's. I think she's abusing her power in that. I don't that's, know. That's that's no. That's the right way to say it for sure. 
Yes. And then the husband, the soon-to-be husband's like, I think she's in love with you. And then so Daisy kind of says that to Simone. And Simone's just like, fuck you. I'm out of here. I'm out. You know, thank God. So then Daisy gets married. And that's that's that episode, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I hate her husband. Oh, he's so bad. I want to so ugh. Ugh, throw up on him. Just the way that he talked and like boasted about his houses and like, well, what do you do? He's like, uh, I'm a student. Okay, whatever. He's so, so gross. Yeah, they come back to so LA, gross. right? And then they, they yeah. show up and everyone bands like, who the hell is this? Do you think Billy was jealous or do you think he was sort of like, ugh, like the rest of them? I think both. Yeah, probably. I, I think both. Yeah, because he is so the opposite of what anybody would think Daisy would be with. And he was just like a dick. Like he was a yeah. pompous dick. Like he yep. was gross, all of the above. But I do think that there was something in Billy that was jealous. And I think he's just, lo- again, I think he's super lost and oh conflicted gosh, yes. throughout this entire series. And so then that episode, they they come back, they restart their kind of music together daisy gets a letter from her mom that puts her way back right that that puts her back and because it's something mean and i think it was different i think she said something like i've been seeing you right or listen to you on the radio yeah and i and something about talking and remember daisy put it off put it off put it off and then she finally calls her calls her yes and the mom like it was fine for about two minutes and then the mom goes You've never once mentioned me, you selfish little brat and everything. Do you remember that kind of? Yeah, it is. Yes, it is. She she immediately like takes a turn and mm-hmm. reminds Daisy, like tries to put her in her place. It's such an awful thing. Oh. And then she does way too many drugs and yes. overdoses, right? That was yes. the big episode. Yes, yes, yes. And that, but that was also after Billy and Nikki had it out. Oh my God. And we're forgetting another thing. What? Teddy went to the hospital. Oh, Teddy. Yes. Sweet Teddy. Sweet Teddy is old and goes to the hospital. He has a heart attack, I think, right? Yep. And they said no more drugs, no more smoking, and no more red meat, Teddy. Teddy. And so I think it was just this perfect storm where Daisy, like, got the phone call from her mom, had this fight, was on the outs with Simone, was doing too many drugs, had all these feelings for Billy. I mean- that is like the, the the recipe. And then her fucking husband runs oh. out because he thinks he's going to be charged with something because he thinks she's dead. Fucking loser right there. Fucking loser. Awful. Like he is. Billy's like holding how, her. Oh, oh no. Just a total puss. A total yes. puss. And I also was like, how do you just have one small bag for being yeah. on this whole trip? Do you remember how fast he like threw everything? Is like, okay, one. That's the only unrealistic thing in this. So what a whole thing loser. What a loser. 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 And then Billy runs and saves the day, puts her in his arms. So, so this is still on. I watch a ton of interviews with the cast still to this day. Sam has not admitted whether or not he says baby or Daisy. So I think he said he was in the script. There was only one word. And he he ad libbed a bit or went off and was just in the moment. I heard baby. I like did baby, too. Baby come back to me or says right or something like that. Yeah, and I I thought I read that too, but that's very interesting. I like I that. I like having a little mystery in there. I know. I don't know, but I heard baby. So I think, and so I think that's a scene that shows he does truly 
oh love her absolutely i mean he was truly devastated so then episode nine comes right where it feels like the first time is the episode name and daisy nikki comes crawling back and daisy's like fuck you and like stands up to him and has this moment in the hallway and she like throws this vase like this is my spot I created this I brought you to this hotel get the hell out yes yes it was it was so powerful it was amazing and then I don't know if I'm jumping around but then she goes and doesn't she go and play the piano somewhere in that hotel and Camilla that's the last, that's the last episode. Ooh, I think this sorry. episode, no, no. I think this episode is when they go back to Pittsburgh. They're on the the road. Um, they, I think this one actually maybe Teddy's hospitalized, but maybe not, but he's <sighs> sorry, he's, everybody. No, I think the last three blend together a little bit, but I think what's cool about this episode nine is it almost reminds me of almost famous with Kate Hudson, which is one of my favorite movies where it's on the road and it's following this. Yeah. You experienced it firsthand. I just think it's just this unspeakable energy and chaos and messiness that's just like rock and roll, <laughs> you know? It's, I mean, they, they just like, it's exciting. And yeah. it's, it's the same thing every day, but with them, since they're just so famous, the energy is crazy, right? Crazy. And then I think that we see, though, at least Daisy becoming a little numb to it. Yes. Yes. And she comes, remember, they come back to California and then they have that party. They're done with the tour and there's, it's a, like a pretty day in the garden and Daisy and Camilla are sitting with Julia, the baby. Do you remember? And and Daisy's just like, I could never be a mom and was like, I could never do this. And Camilla has this amazing line that I wrote down. You are all sorts of things you don't even know. Camilla was always a champion of everyone, including Daisy. Even though she saw the spark with her husband and Daisy, she was still wanting to empower her. I mean, right there again, just shows Camilla's strength and just Mm -hmm. how like sure of herself she is, but she never, but that doesn't make her bitter. No. Which I find so wild because I I think I would be bitter. Yeah. The bitter one, or not bitter, but the really numb one was Daisy, right? Absolutely. Where she, where she was, and again, Vulture analyzed that it, it must have been validating to be reassured that her love wasn't unrequited. Remember, Billy admitted he did have feelings yes. in some yes. capacity for her, but that he will never leave Camilla. Camilla right. is his wife. That's and it's right. like- He did. Right? It's like this special kind of pain reserved for dreams that almost come true. The nearest misses. Oh. And that, that was how, the, and then she went numb. Hey, that just like shot me through the heart. Because yeah. I mean, there, I mean, there are worse things, but being so close to something that you have dreamt of that you yes. can, you're almost saying you could touch it and you could, you're yes. just like, I could taste this. And then all of a sudden it it doesn't happen. I mean, that just almost makes me hyperventilate a little bit. Yeah. It's right. I, to, I mean, to, and that was the situation. Like that was, he loved her. She wasn't crazy. He loved no. her. That was true. He admitted it, but also in the same sentence said, I will never, ever be with you. Like that must just be the most heartbreaking feeling. And especially for someone like Daisy who gets what she wants. Yes. You would rather just hear like, no, I don't love you because then you're like, 
okay, you can kind of deal with it, move on. But this, I think she always is going to hold out hope then. Exactly. And, and this, in the same episode, we see so many different versions of women, womanhood. Remember Karen gets pregnant with Graham. And he was, he was so excited. And I, I, I think I knew what was going to happen just, just from how it was playing out and reading their energy. But Graham was so excited and it just made me fall deeper in love with him. Like he is such a sweet, sweet man. And he would do anything for her. And, but I think also that goes to show that everything happens for a reason and your story unfolds in the way that it needs to unfold because without that moment, he might've not realized how much he wanted a kid until he had a kid that was bacon in her tummy. And then later, you know, in the next episode, we see that that's what he ends up doing with his life because that's where he found the most joy and happiness. And Karen if she hadn't gotten pregnant, maybe she wouldn't have realized how powerful music meant to her and how she didn't want that life. So it needed to happen, but it was so sad because that was the end. That was the start of the end. She got an abortion and Camilla took her. And once again, there's Camilla kind of keeping everybody. She's always there. Showing up. She showed up. Yes. She was there just as another support system. Okay. And then the last episode. So this is like the power big Baba boom and baba boom baby baba boom rock and roll suicide is what it's called. Whoa. Yeah, so they have their very last show. There's so much fighting in this episode too because there's so much passion there from yes. everyone. I have a question. Yes. Okay, so when Billy told Daisy in the last episode that he loved her but they would never be together, was was that the part where Camilla walked into the house and saw them on the back porch, but they didn't think that she saw them. Right. And that's the last, that's the last, I think that's the last scene. And then it opens with that scene. Yes. And then they have their big last show and and Camilla's a little off, right? She's like, saw this moment on the porch and that's when Daisy's playing the piano and Camilla (sighs) storms in and is like, what is going on? I mean, Daisy tells her absolutely what's going on which i was like oh. <laughs> wow daisy's like well, let me tell you <laughs> yeah exactly but i guess we shouldn't have thought anything different from daisy she just went right to it but she's, she's like, so she's also so selfish like she doesn't realize how this is gonna so sound to camilla but but it's because to her she was like camilla you win like i'm right. telling you the honest truth that he does not want to be with me it doesn't matter what feelings he has for me he is not wanting to be with me Right. But to, it's not a competition. Camilla's yeah, but like, Camilla's like, what? I'm not going to win anything. Yeah. Either he loves me and wants to be with me or he doesn't. And I think just hearing that you win, she's like, fuck it. Yeah. And yeah. she goes and she confronts him. And she, yep. And then they, and then she tells him about Eddie, right? And then the yeah. Eddie. And then, so Billy's mad at Eddie. So what is all the fights? It's it's Billy and Camilla fighting, Camilla and yes. Daisy fighting, Daisy and Billy fighting, Billy and Eddie fighting, Eddie and Warren fighting, right? Weren't they fighting? Wait, is Warren the drummer? Yes. Eddie, that's like, right, on stage. Yeah. And yeah, and Eddie's like, I'm quitting after this. And this was their show, like that big show on stage. Yeah. And, and Warren's like, what oh, the fuck? This is a great life. What's wrong with you? Yes, that's right. That's right. Because Eddie's like, I want more. I don't want to be the side man. Like, I want more. This isn't all. And Warren's like, well, you're in the biggest band in the world. <laughs> you're selling out stadiums. You're rich. And last I checked, I'm dating a movie star. Yes. So 
I think we're living a pretty good life. And Eddie still was like, nah. Dude, poor Warren. Like, <laughs> Warren was the, just happy. He got the short end of the stick. He really, really did. Like, he did everything right. He didn't get we, into a relationship at all no. with the band members. He was just like, I'm happy. Sweet, sweet Warren. Everybody could have taken a page out of his book. <laughs> Warren has a point here. <laughs> I totally agree. So then they have this big, so they're all like all this thing, all these angry feelings, a lot of tension, a lot of tension. And they have this big performance and Daisy's almost manic. Remember she wears the big glitter eyes and she's like singing like chaotically in the microphone. And then Camilla leaves. So Billy's Billy finally gives into his beast and has this big makeout scene with Daisy. Yes. And he started to drink. Again. And he started to drink. Yeah, drinks. He made out with Daisy. He says to her, let's go be broken together. Yes. And she's like, "I." she didn't want that. It triggers she, her. It, it triggers trigger, her. It's right because from the beginning, yeah. she's not broken. She does not, not want to admit that she is broken. And that completely turned it around for her. And she, she said no. Because the love shouldn't break you. It should guide you to something better and that's when yeah. she was like Camilla is your light she guides yeah. you to something better and then he realized that he runs after Camilla and Daisy finishes the show and I was sobbing I was like oh my god that was such a cool like I loved that I loved how he ran off stage and went after yeah. her and then they like they met up in the hotel lobby I think it was the ending we all hoped for yeah Right? right. And then Karen and Graham break up, but you can see she looks at him longingly like she loved him, she but did. they wanted different things out of life. And I think that was one of the most heartbreaking relationships for me. I think that's the one that same. That was the one that got me the most because at the end, well, at that time when he says, yeah. I'll, I'll be with you. I don't yeah. need a kid. I just love you. She knew she, that wasn't true. She, but she said she didn't feel the same and she didn't love him. But right at the end, she goes, I had to lie to him. Yeah. Then you finally get to the present moment and you realize Julia, the daughter of Billy and Camilla, is shooting a documentary. You realize Camilla had died, right? Oh, you realize yeah. Camilla had cancer and died too too early. And that it was, was so sad. Oh, it was the saddest thing to see the reality of what happened when a band that sparked this fire fizzled. It was just like a perfect storm and they yeah. all went separate ways. It's kind of sad. It's so sad. It was just this moment in time. And it's yeah. it's weird because how contrasting that yeah. their life ended up being. So Warren, he's still in California. He married the actress. They, I think they live on a boat. I'm not yeah. sure. It looks like it. So fun. <laughs> they live on a boat. Eddie, he did not get what he hoped for. Like he, no. he, he said he like isn't a cover band and he just yeah. kind of like gets by. Camilla and Billy refound themselves and fell in love and raised Julia, which yeah. they, they oh. seem to like land. Okay. They did. But then they Camilla did. died, but Camilla dies, which is awful. I know. So sad. But like ugh, the ending, how Camilla was that? Oh my God. Oh my God. She was one of the most Camilla of Camilla. So Daisy's a star. Of course, Daisy ends up being the star um, on in her own right. But then, and same with Karen, right? Karen has her own kind of stardom. Yeah. And then the end, the very last scene was Camilla telling a video diary to, to Billy and Daisy and was just like, give, give Daisy a call. 
give Daisy a call. Oh, she was through and through. Now that we're analyzing the show, she was through and through the strongest character. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. She, she held, she was the glue. She She was was. the glue of every single part of that band, every person. But I I mean, I don't even know. (laughs) Such a good end to the show. And so, so, okay. So to end our pod analysis of it all, because we kind of sped through the last few, what was your takeaway? Man, I think a couple things. First being dreams can totally come true, but that it can be gone in an instant. It's a good I, sum up. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, frag- yeah. I know it's fragile. Like all of life is fragile. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you these moments come and they go, but it's also important to take care of yourself and those around you in those times because if not, it can just implode. Totally. It just gave me this new sense of empathy for yeah. humanness, like the, the, the life of being a human, like the, the mistakes and the fiery frustrations and the, you know, love and the passions and the music and the stories, like everything is important in life and everyone just goes through life trying to figure, figure it out. And they have these big moments and small moments and sad moments And like all of it's supposed to happen. So I think that was a reminder to have a bit more empathy. Absolutely. And well said. This was a cool episode. We went really long. (laughs) We'll see if it's going to be split up into two or not. But I feel, I mean, I just feel inspired again at the, like throughout watching it, I felt inspired and I feel it again right now. I do too. I do too. Go watch Daisy Jones. Yes. Um, shout out Taylor Jenkins Reed. Thank you for giving oh. us so much content to analyze, talk about, feel inspired by. We love you at PS. We have no plan. <laughs> love you. Love you. Thank you everybody for listening. Always. We post a new episode on Thursdays and please follow us on all socials at PS. We have no plan. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. I woke up in the morning and the sun broke through the open curtains. The birds sang too and they said, this is-